you on spiritual breath. Today I want to talk to you from a personal and I, I don't know what, what I want to say because I, I, I'm just frustrated. I'm aggravated and I can't believe that we have got to this place in this year, this time, and this day that I can look at the church and tell you honestly how disgusted I am with it. I mean, uh, they're not going to tell you this. People will sit up there and tell you a lie, but I I'm telling you, I I'm not just pleased with the overall effort of the church. And I'm not talking when I say church, you're talking about the individual. No, I'm talking about the collective group coming together for the purpose. Well, I don't even know what you come together for because I thought it was for the purpose of Christ. But then, that is just so powerful, the opening right here. I think the church has lost its purpose. But the question is, did it ever really establish a purpose? I mean, if we look back when we were first saved, back when church used to be church, well, then maybe what we thought was church then, and we built everything on then, is not what this is here. Because I didn't, I, I know when I was younger, I didn't like going to church because I had to go to church all the time. But when I was there, once church started, I was okay, you know, clapping hands, and, and little bit known, time would flew, flew by. You know, we used to be, we had the tamarines and stamping on the floor. We didn't have all the keyboards and drums. We got it eventually, but they used to sing them hymns, clap their hands, and the people used to really enjoy praising the Lord. But you know what I believe? One of the falls of the church, and people don't like to hear me say it, but one of the falls of the traditional church, mm -hmm. Pentecostal, mm -mm. Movement, because that's why I did that. Mm -hmm. Is that they become a secular? Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait, but let me pause right there, y'all. If you, that voice, if you haven't heard it before, other than mine, that's the the, the legend himself, uh, Elder Brian Baker O'Neill. He tunes in from time to time, and and he's here just pitching in. So I just want to make sure y'all know who that voice was as we go on, and we're talking about maybe we're talking about your church. Maybe we're talking about my church or maybe we're just talking about all these churches because you know what? Somewhere this has to stop. Yes. You know, it's amazing. What gets me is that you all take your time, run to these individual four walls, sit in there and just become dumbfounded to the dumbness that the church operate in. You'll sit there and get frustrated because you're not learning. You're not going out there and making witnesses to nobody. But yet you come on Sunday to sit there and expect the pastors to say something phenomenal that changes your very aspect of life. And you're ready to go forth and do something. And it only lasts, that one inspirational moment, only lasts long enough for the church to end. The benediction be said and you hit the door. As soon as you hit the door, everything that was given in the service is gone. Because you know what? There's no excitement. There's nothing in the church that draws you to get up on Sunday other than your commitment to saying, you know what, I'm just going to go. That is so important because to tell you the truth, church is a commitment now. Sure, yep. Because we really, well, you really ain't getting nothing out of church because church, church has changed dramatically over the years. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you say it is so important at the beginning. What is the purpose? Why are we here? Why are we going to church? But you know, okay, let's think about that. All right, somewhere down the road, let's start all over from day one when you decided that whatever led you to Christ led you there. Yes. And you were committed 
to that whatever led you to Christ. You had some, you was inspired, you were committed, and you had this let's go, go get it attitude, right? Right. And there was nothing that was going to persuade you from this relationship that you just now have established and happy because it exists, right? Right. Then you start going and you cre- created this, this thirst and, and this hunger mm-hmm. for more of his words, his yeah. righteousness. His, you wanted to know every in and out of what God did and how he did it and how it applied to you. So you were on fire. So you start to mature in the things of God. Yeah. And you start getting in this drive that you want to go out now and share this knowledge with somebody else, right? You right. want to go out there and push this thing and say, hey, let me tell you how good God is. And you was excited. And so then off that excitement, you decided that wherever you were, this good teaching, this good whatever was the place that you needed to be because it gave you the push that you needed to go throughout your week. Right? Right. Okay. Now, here's my problem. I don't know if it was a change in command. I don't know if it was a change in order of service. I don't know if people left, people came. But the church became stagnated. Wow. You did not start learning anymore. You didn't have that zeal was taken out of you. The very thing that inspired you to go has left. Now what did you do? What did you do then? What do you do? You sit there and now the very thing that pushed you and motivated you is now gone. I believe that's the biggest problem because when you established this relationship stuff, it was an individual journey. But somewhere through that, you transitioned and it became a team journey where your team was based off in whoever was in the position of authority. They were the ones that would make sure that you get to A, B, and C when it should always been a personal thing where you utilize those individuals to help you to explain the current situation that you're in. You're not looking at them as a crutch. You just look at them as another avenue or another resource to help you along your journey. But when you stop trusting in God for yourself and depending on those individuals or the, the type of service or the type of music or the musician or the praise and worship leader or whatever you found in the four walls of the church, when they left or when they moved or when they stopped performing in the manner that you needed, instead of you saying, I need more, I need this, you sat there and began to die. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. But, but okay, so so we have a lot of people that now just go to church because of hey, I've been here ten years, I've been here fifteen years, I've been here twenty years, I've been here thirty years, and I don't want to rock the boat, so I'm just gonna keep going here. And knowing, knowing, and within their self, they're spiritually dead, and they have no zeal to go. But I don't only blame that individual; I blame that pastor as well, because the Bible says you're supposed to know those that labor among you. And if you see them drawing up, you're gonna tell me God ain't hitting you in your head. Say hey. It's time to bring an evangelist in the house. Hey, it's time to bring a new voice. Hey, it's time to have a group meeting. It's time to have one-on-one. Let me pause right there. I guarantee you right now, Elder, and I can say it, I would affirm, that there are no, no, and I'm going to say it now, there are no leaders out here that are having one-on-ones with their members on a regular basis. They don't, they don't consider that a help. They don't, they don't consider that being a Mm-hmm. for the church to use for growth. They don't consider that. But wait a minute. But corporate America corporate America tells you that you have to meet with your employees so many times within three, four months. Then they have an evaluation somewhere in six months or a year. 
And it has proven successful because in that time, the individual gets to know how the manager is viewing them. In our case, as spiritual individuals, they will be able to see how God has assessed them up to this point. Because if you believe that the pastor or those that God has put over you have been been set by God and hearing from God, they should be able to deliver a message from God to you that will tell you what you need to work on. Or come on, sit down. Leadership, ain't that's the purpose of the pastor. Well, that's that's. Right there. Let's let's deal with this. That's let's, the let's okay, let me ask you this. Last time we had this talk, we, we got on this thing that you said that if a person is in a pastoral position, you believe that God would have equipped them with all they need to run that church. Did you not say that? I believe so. So wait, wait, wait. So if these people who have been called by God are in leadership and over the church or in the function of the church, then and they're hearing from God. So what? They're serving a bipolar God? They can't tell you that Sheila, sir, whatever, is not, not, not making it? It's about to throw in the towel? You're going to tell me that God don't forewarn those leaders that you're about to lose four or five members because they're, they're, they're spiritually dead? God ain't telling them that, hey, you know what? I need to deal with you as a leader first so that you can begin to then deal? What'd they're you say? not listening. Wait, wait, wait. wait. God's speaking. So, so, but somebody ain't listening. So if they're not listening, what God does to chastise them? He don't hold them accountable? He's going to hold them accountable because they're going to be accountable to him, but they ain't listening. So, 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 so you're telling me as a leader, you'd rather be in the wrath of an angry God than to deal with the people that you ask every Sunday for their tithes and offering? Because you got to realize some leaders don't want to take on the position of being an effective leader. Effective. Coming in there with the one-on-one. Now, you can say Ella Baker, the pastor, Ella Baker, you're not coming to church on time. You're not coming to church being as active as you can. Now, see, some leaders don't want to tell you that because they might don't want you to stay home. Well, I just stay home. Mm-hmm. See, they don't want to make the leadership effective. Effective leadership means being tough, being good, telling them no, telling them you need to do better. You need to come to church on time. You need to study more. As a preacher, you shouldn't have no preacher getting up, reading one scripture, and don't touch it the whole time they're up there talking. You need to talk to that individual as leader. Listen, Ella Baker, now, you've been preaching three years. You should be a little better in the word. Mm-hmm. Now, if you ain't doing better or you feel you need some help, come and ask for some help. Or go ask somebody who can help you deliver the word better because... You make us look bad. Mm. Sometimes, uh, Bishop Noah Jones say, in my pain, I'm going high and high. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to break people. Mm-hmm. You got to hurt them. Not in a bad way, but you hurt them in a, a positive way so you can bring a positive outcome. But some of these people, I, I don't know what they're doing. But, you know, you hit something. If you are called and positioned as the pastor Mm -hmm. of this organization, Mm -hmm. you have to understand there are some pros and there are some cons. Mm -hmm. But the Bible tells us that we must know those that labor among us. In order for us to know them, we have to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. See, there's no way that somebody's going to get up and be calling themselves a preacher, pastor, leader, whatever, in the ministry that I'm over or in, that's not going to be able to properly uh, uh, divide the, uh, the, the word of God. What I mean by that is 
there's classes and training that I must offer to make sure that they get it. And if I don't, I need to pay for people or bring people to them to educate them so that they will be able and equipped to bring forth this message to whomever. But the average pastor ain't gonna do that. But see, that's the problem. Because they that that those shade on their parade. But see, that's the thing. What, what are you worried about? Why are you worrying about what tools you have to bring in to make sure that you're successful? Because as a leader, they're not secure in what God has called them to do so, they're so, not equipped. So did were they called or were they placed? Because Someone if I'm saying. secured in what God called me to do, then I must be humble. And, 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 and knowing that God will use whatever he needs to use, if not me, to get his word across. True. Okay, so if I should take it as an honor and I should keep myself humble, trying to hear from God. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm always obedient. But True. one thing I do, I'm always repentful. And I may not do what he tells me to do today, but I'm going to keep asking God to help me when, I, when he identified that I've done something wrong. Now, here's my thing. God is talking to all of us in mm -hmm. one way or another. Yes, he is. And right now, I find it hard. I really find it extremely hard for a leader in any capacity in the body of Christ to not see there should be a push for evangelizing. I just can't see that. Because one of the commandments he gave us was to go out and make disciples, spread his word, spread his gospel. So when did that change? It when did, change, when did that alter? It ain't changed. Listen, he's pastor today. Tune in to part two.